tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Iran Blog Talk Radio Show. With your host, Minister Amber. And you're listening to it on the Win Network. gentlemen good evening thank you thank you thank you again welcome to the irene blog talk radio show now you could be anywhere any place doing anything but you decided to come and join us this evening so i am just so deeply honored to have you here my name is minister annie bell the host and creator of irene blog talk radio show which is an outreach of wealth management ministries incorporated We are endeavoring to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse and sex trafficking and other traumas, as well as providing awareness, prevention, and resources to the community. Now, tonight, um, we have uh, titled this episode, this broadcast, as Devils in the Pews and Pulpits, uh, Sex Trafficking Out of the Church. So, you know, as a minister, as a person of the cloth, uh, in the Christian faith, it this is a sad topic for me to actually uh, have to, to have to do. Uh, but we cannot give clemency. We cannot continue to um, uh, allow the evil to hide, even if it is in our churches. And so, um, although it saddens me that. We have pastors and ministers and youth leaders out here who are um, perpetrating against the, not, not just against the God that they serve, but against our children, um, against the, uh, our parishioners and uh, trafficking uh, children and or even abusing them themselves. So, uh, but we have to do what we have to do at the Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. We uh, we pride ourselves in bringing the information, um, bringing the awareness, because we want everybody in every community to be empowered, um, to to recognize the signs, know your rights, and um, and we're going to be talking about some things that is is quite shocking. So hold on to your wigs, okay? Um, you know, get some water and uh, get a fan if you need to, to fan yourself because, it, like I said, it, it is it, we are going to be um, uh, candid as we can. So uh, without further ado, I want to uh, welcome to the studio Miss Felicia 
Ingram, who is an advocate, and also um, she is the direct, assistant director of operations for our Prevention Works Joint Task Force and Coalition. Welcome, 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 my friend. Thank you for having me, Annie. It's a pleasure to be here talking about this. Uh, uh, we've actually, you and I have talked about this for a while, but mm-hmm. uh, yes, it's not a very um, popular or, um, you know, seen a heart uh, topic, but we, it's something that we must talk about and, um, mm-hmm. you know, clue our public into this, what's going on within the church um, and provide as much information as possible. That's right. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, one of the, as we are trying to take our training into schools and into the community, it has been hard to try to even get in, get the training into the churches. So not only are there infractions and perpetrating going on in the church, but then um, in some of the churches, and I'm not talking about all churches, of course, but in some of the churches, but it, the fact that they won't even allow others to come in if they don't want to talk about it themselves from the pulpit, why not let someone else come in and train? Um, one of the things that we, you know I want to talk about first is the church's responsibility to protect the members, um, not only of the church, especially the church of their own congregation, of course, but they are the church. They are supposed to be the um, the help center, the epicenter of help for the community. But let's first talk about church's responsibility to protect members. Well, basically, um, many churches, uh, well, I'll talk for out of experience. Um, whenever you have uh, members, whether or not you've been longtime members or new members, everyone should go through what you call Virtus training, that's the V-I-R-T-U-S training. And what it does is it basically takes you through like a videotape and it shows you, um, uh, gives you uh, highlights of what somebody has gone through that has been abused, gives you information of what to look for. Um, and uh, the person also has to look for a background check, so that's an extra precaution for the congregation. So this is something that every church should um should want to have as part of their um, process because uh, you want to make sure that the environment is safe uh, for the um, the members. So uh, I believe every church should be um, taking on this responsibility to make sure that as people walk through the doors that there's no fear and everybody feels safe around the persons they're sitting next to. So I think this is something that uh, churches should be uh, involved with. Now, is that uh, Virtus training available for, is there a fee? Is it, uh, you know, is it online? I think, I believe it's online. You probably have to uh, look for more information, but it's basically what develops through the Catholic Church. You know, with everything that has gone on through um, with priests and all that, this is something that that was uh, put together. And um, I think that all churches should be, um, should be involved with this and you know that to me it, it's like a no-brainer it's, it's something that churches should have as part of their um, you know somebody joining the church no one should have fear and if there is somebody that that's reluctant to it then that should be a, a red flag that mm-hmm. perhaps that person is not should you know should not be part of the church mm-hmm. so, so many things going on with um, so many different people you want to make sure that the environment is safe uh, for anybody coming through the doors, particularly with children. That's um, right. And I believe uh, with working with children, there's an extra hour um, that is needed for that and, you know, to be certified in order to be able to work with children as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, no parent needs to worry about, um, you know, anybody uh, watching over their children. So uh, I think this is something that um, the church should um should be willing to look into if it's not something that's part of the church currently. Sure. And, uh, you know, to take it one step further, I would even propose that the churches need to, um, that's part of their insurance policy, that their staff 
and their members are trained, are educated, because when or if, excuse me, if, let's say that, um, I don't want to speak it into the, the spirit realm, but if a perpetrator comes into the church and a member is either raped or assaulted or, um, you know, the, a, a child is involved, then it actually protects them from lawsuits to be able to say, we have gone through an extra layer of measure to ensure that um, our, our, our staff are trained properly and that even our members uh, are educated. And so I would say, you know, it's your responsibility as the church to protect your members. And it's also a good measure to ensure that you don't get a lawsuit. There's a lot of small churches around here who skip some of those um, more fundamental foundational uh, bricks because they're small and, you know, they might know everybody or they don't have the funds uh, to, to do that. But I would say if, it, you'll either pay now or pay it later and paying it later would be so much more expensive if a lawsuit is um, ensued. So, uh, you know, just a, an, another reason why I believe that it is important for churches to do that. But not only that, and, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, we, we want the church to be a safe haven. It's supposed to be a place where people can run to for help back in the day that churches were for that they were open um not only for prayer but if somebody went to jail the pastor would go to the um you know to the police station vouch for them um if there was something if there was drug dealers or or thieves i mean the church they would uh, gather together and, and make things work. Uh, even in the New Testament, it talks about how, you know, people brought things, uh, all that they had to the church, and then the church actually divided it up, and there was no lack. Uh, so, you know, we have lost our, we have given up. I don't say when, I don't want to say lost. We have given up our power, our empowerment, and um, our uh, stance in the community and becoming more of uh, trying to preach the uh, prosperity preaching or the sweet, the sweet, uh, you know, word preaching and really not being the uh, force of good. Right. Uh, that the people, exactly, exactly, um, which is a sad thing. Um, we have about three minutes before we go into our first break, but so let's go ahead and talk about you know the prevention measures within the church. All right. Uh, well, one of them might be, unfortunately, you never know what um, incidents may occur, but you know having proper law enforcement that um, might be there to kind of walk around the grounds to make sure, you know, people aren't hanging around or there's not, um, I guess, obvious uh, conflicts going on. It's just an added protection. Uh, kind of hate to say that nowadays, but things are a lot different than they were years ago. Um, again, with predators and, and whatnot, and the police law enforcement is especially trained to, you know, to pick out people um, in this way. Um, Another prevention is um, giving parent safety guides. Um, unfortunately, again, uh, you've heard about uh, pastors or, or youth ministers um, uh, abusing uh, children. So there are certain certain red flags or certain things that the parents can teach their, their children. You know, talk to their children and let them know that there are no secrets between them. Um, and if anything, if they feel uncomfortable about anything, to uh, be sure to let them know that um, they're to come to them. Mm -hmm. That the only person that is allowed to, um, you know, to touch them is uh, maybe the parents themselves. That it's against the law for anybody to ever touch them. 
um, you know, if they're with a, a youth pastor and they say, oh, this is between you and I, you know, there should never be any of that. There should always be open dialogue between the parents and the children and should never be any secret. Um, also, you need parents need to monitor their children. You know, a lot of times churches have these um, overnight events. So parents need to be... Parents need to be aware of that, you know, have conversations with the youth ministers to find out, you know, who are the people that are going to be going on these um, these overnight events. Mm-hmm. You know, have a conversation with them. Make sure that um, if they have a pastor or a young uh, person or youth leader that shows special interest in their child, you know, make sure they, they look over that and make sure that they keep on top of that, that that person is not left alone with their child. Um, you know, these are just different times, um, and you don't know what the intentions are of some of these um, leaders. So just being um, aware of the surroundings um, and just, you know, making their uh, children aware as well. Um, so just That's very good. That's very good. When we come back, I do want to talk briefly about this, uh, the secret but we're the secret. So um, everybody, please keep your cheeks in the seats. We're going to be back in about about two minutes. Hold on. lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. All right. Thank you so much for staying seated. Um, Tonight, we are here with uh, Felicia Ingram, and we are talking about devils in the pews and the pulpit sex trafficking going on right in our um through our churches uh, uh child abuse and and um gosh just what have you so not all churches and i i keep saying that and, uh, of, of course we're going to highlight some that do and uh some have been found out and some of them are still going on so uh we just wanted to bring such set, set shed some light on that so um, if you're just joining us, this is the Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, and it is uh, presented by Wealth Management Ministries here on the WIND Network. We, before we got off on the first commercial break, we were talking about, Felicia was talking about, you know, the secrets, that children shouldn't have secrets uh, uh, that they can't share with their 
parent or caregiver. And I, I wanted to give you uh, something else that can go in the place of, in the stead of, so uh, that children will not get confused between a secret and a surprise. So, for instance, we can tell the children, hey, you should never have secrets uh, between mom, you and me, mommy and daddy, or you and, you know, uh, the caregiver, but we can always have a surprise. So that way you are delineating from the two, because mm. certainly we have like uh, surprise parties or, you know, don't tell anybody, but we're going to uh, take, you know, grandma on a vacation or whatever have you. And sometimes we will use the word secret. So, so when we use the word secret with the children, then when uh, for a good thing, and then a perpetrator comes and uses that same word secret, they, the kids are unable to delineate from the two. And so they are more apt to keep the secret um, because, Hey, the, you know, I keep secrets from grandma or I kept the secret from mom. Um, so what we say is instead of saying secret, we can say don't keep secrets from us, but um, we, we can have surprises like a surprise party or surprise present or whatever have you. Um, so that's, again, we, we like to, you know, bring solutions and uh, other things that uh, uh, can be used as tools to help with keeping our children safe. So um, you definitely brought up some good things, uh, Felicia, and I appreciate that. Uh, I like what you also said about law enforcement. There was a uh, incident where a child, a, a little girl, I think she was, oh, I think she was 13. Don't quote me on that. But she went to the bathroom by herself during church service, which at any given time should be fine. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. come on. But a man followed her, uh, uh, you know, a predator followed her and raped her in the women's bathroom. And now if there was a presence, a uh, security guard, law enforcement, that type of presence kind of roaming the halls, um, securing the building, I think that would not have happened. So I really, now I'm, you know, uh, even though I was ordained in a small you know, non-denominational church. We are members of a uh, a mega church, and so we're used to seeing um, security guards and law enforcement roaming the halls, making sure that the that everything is, um, you know, being watched over while we are praising the Lord. Uh, and I understand that there's again the smaller churches you might not have the funds to do that, but you know. Uh, get the peacekeepers, get some of your male um, uh, members, parishioners, and let them, you know, put, give them a black t-shirt with the word peacekeeper on there in white and let them roam the halls, get some, you know, really nice built ones <laughs> that, you know, um, can, can just the look uh, gives, gives a person fear. Feel free to do something like that and utilize the, 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 the human resources that you do have um, otherwise, then you might want to tell your members to please escort your children to the bathroom, um, just that they're not in a one-on-one situation with anybody else. So, um, and that, and that also is a segue that even in your daycare, sometimes, I mean, uh, not your daycare, but your, uh, Sunday school or children's church, sometimes it's just one teacher um and if it's a small congregation if people are out it could leave the teacher with just one student and uh, we have to eliminate those one-on-one situations where they're in a room behind closed doors and it's just one adult and one child or even two children you know you have a older maybe a 16 17 year old um who is teaching maybe a four or five year old well, that's not a good situation either. So we want to eliminate those one-on-ones just as, you know, an extra prevention measure. For also uh, the some of the uh, Sunday school classes, you can put a little uh, window, uh, you know, with a glass 
partition or something like that. So anybody walking by can look in um, and so that they, the uh, if there is a potentiality for someone to uh, utilize um, that isolation, they, they will not feel so comfortable because there is a, a window that stays open. So that's another uh, I, I, way that you can make sure that there's some preventative measures, especially if you are a smaller church. Um, larger churches obviously have more manpower. You can put two, um, you know, two adults in, in there for accountability, make sure there's not just one child and somebody's walking to the bathroom with the children, things of that sort. So very good point. Um, you know, this is a hot button topic now, the next thing that we're going to talk about, and it's the, um, the Vatican, the, uh, uh, Catholic church. And, you know, and I want to take a minute out and this is not, of course, uh, study of the Bible or anything like that, but, you know, people want to put together Christianity with, um, Catholicism and they are really essentially two two religions and I know there there's certain things that are the same um we believe in Jesus Christ that he died on the cross and uh, rose again on the third day and uh, now sits on the right hand of the father and everybody who gets to go to eternity must come through him yes but there are some other beliefs uh, that causes a uh, separation um where you know it's not considered Christianity. So I want to make sure I also brought, uh, you know, um, some, some differences there and make sure we have a clear um, line drawn because a lot of times people get that confused. But anyway, I say all that to say the Vatican uh, has uh, some very lenient um, ways of prosecuting their priests who, who perpetrate so let's talk about that for a moment. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about um, back in September of uh, 2017, um, they were asking um, Pope Francis about the priest. Now, Pope Francis um, believes that you know, the Vatican is late in in uh, you know talking about the priests and and the abuse and everything, but he was not very forceful when it came to punishing the priests. He felt as though the priests should be um, given mercy. Uh, now, the only problem with that is they're, they're not, they don't seem like they're considering the um, the victims in this case. Um, you know, there's like there's no words, there's no justice for the victims, for the children who have been raped uh, and have been abused by the priests. I mean, this that they have been more concerned with mercy for the the uh, pedophile priests rather than the children. I can't imagine if you're a child and this has happened to you, and you know, say this is ten years later, and now you're an adult, and you're, you feel like the priest is just being given a slap on the wrist, and you're the one that's, that's had to suffer for this. Um, I, I just think if, if nothing is done to the priest, then it might be even harder for the person to get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure um, why this is. I'm not sure if it's a concern for the money as to why the, the, the priests are never really prosecute, prosecuted and they continuing to be moved from one parish to another. Um, I I don't really understand. There really is no, no reason given. It's just the priest just feels, or the Pope just feels that the, that the priests deserve mercy, and they don't see any um, repercussions or reprisals for any of the priests that do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think it's huge, uh, a huge uh, problem for the Catholic Church um, mm-hmm. as to how to remedy this situation. Yes, um, we have talked ourselves right into our second break. And when we come back, yeah, let's let's really talk about this uh, this matter because it really uh, makes no sense to me. Um, but we are going to try to make some sense out of it. So everyone, please um, just give us a few moments while we take our station identification break. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Irene's Blog Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. Irene, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor, that means I. I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R. Reclaim my life. E. Excel at living. I. Illuminate the dark. G. Grow in Christ. And N. Nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of our survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled with a namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we shall reign with Him. Welcome back to I Reign Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. All right, we're about halfway through our show. You have, and if you're just tuning in, you've turned into the I, tuned into the Irene Blog Talk Radio Show, and I am Minister Annie Bell, powered by the We Inspired Network Radio. Now, for those who uh, might uh, be more of a, this episode might have some trigger um, triggers for you. I do want to issue a trigger warning for the survivors um, if you need someone to speak with, then please feel free to call us at um, our number, and I'm going to give you that number in just a moment. For those who are listening online, you can look down at the um, slideshow, and there is a slideshow that uh, will give you the, all the helplines, but I'm going to give that to you also verbally. Sex trafficking, call Polaris, 1-888-373-7888. Child abuse, if you see someone who um, or might even look like they might be either abusing or being abused, please call 1-800-4, the number 4, a child, um, which is 422-4453. Um, and then same thing with sexual assault, 1-800-656-4673. Domestic violence, 1-800-787-3224. We're not asking you to be the investigator. Um, the expert, we're just saying if something does not feel right, look right, smell right, <laughs> just call the experts. Call one of these numbers. Let them go and do the investigation. If they find nothing, then great. But if they find something, then you may have just saved a life. But for those who need to talk, um, if you're going through a trigger uh, moment or uh, what have you, Feel free to give us a call, 201-477-0469. Okay, Ms. Felicia, thank you so much for hanging in there while um, we took our uh, momentary break. And, um, you know, you were talking about the leniency of um, the the Pope, that the Pope yeah. gives to other priests. And some of the things, you know, just to, like I said, to bring some clarity is that, First of all, they believe popes are God incarnate, that they are God, that they are God walking on this earth. So it gives a lot of authority and a lot of power to really man. Um, he has no other power than that which the Holy Spirit may give, um, and that the Holy Spirit is given out to everyone, but. Uh, they are holy fathers. They're, you know, the popes are revered as God in God incarnate. And so then, if you look at then his priests, 
that are under him, they see them as um, potential God incarnate because you, you don't know who is going to go, you know, into that um, Pope status. And then um, so they are exonerated or given clemency because of that man-made role or presumption of who they are um, or could become. Um, so when you look at it in that aspect, okay, now you can see why they feel that they don't want to punish um, too harshly. And so, which, it, it, I mean, it, it truly compounds the problem uh, because we have so many victims in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. There's also the separation of religion of the, um, and, and state. And um, so they are given room to be the lawmaker, lawgiver, the punisher, the I mean, they're given all the power, the, the popes and the priests and all that. Um, so if, if there's an infraction within the church, they want to take care of it. Um, so there, there's so that there is that separation of church and state. And so under that, we've had so many pedophiles, rapists um, that have been exonerated or given clemency. And, um, and I believe you alluded to the, uh, the, the article on this, this um, in February last year of 2017 and um, how the Pope gave clemency to a man, a priest, excuse me, who raped uh, five boys. And mm-hmm. he was only told that he had to pray. That was his punishment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so-called yeah, punishment or redirection. Yeah, I think when he said, um, in one particular case, he says, uh, while the spokesman had, had said, the Holy Father understands that many victims and survivors can find any sign of mercy uh, an area difficult, but he knows that the gospel message of mercy is ultimately a source of powerful healing and of grace. I mean, the Pope may say that, but I think you know, and talking to the victims and survivors, who who is there to help them to heal from it? Yeah, and I can't so, imagine they feel, you know, that they've been violated, but nothing happens to the perpetrator who did this. Exactly. Um, and how so can I they heal when there is su- such uh, inequality and injustice? Um, and so, you know, I am 100% um, opposed of priests being allowed to to go free, and and they go from like you said, from one parish to another. Again, another way of being um, uh, of redirecting, but really all you did was give them a place with fresh meat, and right. um, you really not solved the problem. Uh, uh, you know, if you're going to give them clemency, then maybe you need to build a sanctuary where there's no children mm-hmm. uh, and, and all pedophile priests go there and maybe they can recopy the Bible in it with, you know, hand right hand with, with their, you know, via hand. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, right. you know, let them, let them pray for the world there, but don't mm-hmm. put them from one place where there was children that they have raped. And take them somewhere else where they have fresh set of people that they can then go and um, more violence. Yeah, right. It seems like um, yeah, it seems like there's a, second, there's a different set of standards, right, from the regular law. Mm-hmm. You have a pedophile that that rapes a child in the regular world. That person is put away somewhere where they cannot harm a child, whereas. In the church, it seems as though they just move them on to do the same thing to somebody else. I'm not sure 
I'm not sure where the healing is for that person if they continue to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. A, a contradiction there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so let's talk about this documentary called Keeper. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, which is, and if you haven't seen it, okay, um, well, I guess this is going to kind of uh, mess it up for you because <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going <laughs> we're going to talk about it, but it, we, obviously we can't talk it uh, t- talk about it to the depth um, and detail as the documentary actually goes into. It's still very, very, very informative about what we're talking about here. So, um, you know, let's talk about that a little bit, Felicia. Right. So it's um it's about a nun that was killed back in the sixties and um the story takes it where um a priest, they believe the priest was the one who killed her because she knew exactly what was going on, um, as far as the molestation and abuse within the church. So I think there were two ladies that were involved with this in the investigation. Um, who brought this to light? So they feel that this priest was the one who killed her because she knew exactly what was going on and she was going to expose the molestation and abuse. Mhm, mhm. And um, the setting, and it's all is told more from the standpoint of this one young girl who was um, telling her story about how she was being abused by this priest in a school this school was a um, all-girls school and it was one that was highly rated people tried really hard to get their children into this school because they had a very good curriculum and high success rates and so um, this girl finally gets to go in but that summer she actually is abused uh, raped by her uncle well, as she is trying to cope with that trauma and didn't know which way to go, she actually went to the principal or, you know, the, the, the high priest there and told him, I'm sorry, told her her teacher who was a male and the teacher went and told the principal and um, the teacher who was also a pedophile um, they went to the principal's office together. The principal then began to let her know that, uh, hey, we are going to help you, and we're going to help you, to, you know, to to get out all that uh, sin. And um, and basically, what he did was begin to make her feel, in, in his grooming efforts, to make her feel like she was the one, she's the culprit. It was because she was seductive, and um, and in order to get her cleansed, he had to um, have sex with her. And it was through his penis that would actually cause some of the cleansing. And when he ejaculated in her, he uh, would say that that was the Holy Spirit cleansing her from the inside out. He even uh, forced her to uh, sodomize her, basically, and made her swallow his ejaculation. And and again, this is candid um, for those who may be listening with your children. You know, maybe you might want to cover their ears or, you know, explain it to them a little later. But he, of course, was lying and saying that he, his ejaculation was, uh, if she, uh, she must swallow it so that it could cleanse her inside out he had for years then um many times would call her out of class so that he can rape her in his office if that was not bad enough he started bringing other men to rape her and we're talking about um uh, men who uh, police officers and um other men of the community so what he was doing was build continuing to build fear in her that she couldn't go anywhere else. She couldn't tell anybody because those people were doing the same thing and that, um, you know, um, 
And then the other side of it was he now had the policeman um, in his, within his control. And so, but this young girl finally told one of her lady teachers, and I believe other children went and t- told this um, female teacher, and she went, and she was about to go do something about it, whereas other teachers knew what was going on, they just was too scared to do anything about it. So it brings us full circle here, talking about how much power, um, especially back in the day, how much power the Catholic priests had um, and and why they had so much power, you know? And it, it's, it's scary when you think about it because he was trafficking those girls. And he had a huge um, population of girls to traffic because he had an entire school. And um, so not, of course, not everybody was trafficked, not everybody was raped, but uh, uh, the ones that he believed looked the part of a victim. And when I say looked the part, I mean those who um, may have uh, been a bit, you know, self-conscious or have low self-esteem, you know, and because pedophiles and predators, they know how to profile their victims. And so this is what the priest did. Now, instead of, and you know, uh, instead of him getting uh, incarcerated or punished in any way, you know, um, one of the things that they were able to do was cover it up. But the 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 pope just or the diocese moved him from one place to another, and another school where he had full access. To even more girls so um, we are going to take this last break and we're going to come back and talk about the trafficking that is happening through the church um, because there is a direct correlation of abuse child abuse and sex trafficking so everyone please stay tuned we'll be right back um, right after these messages Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage integrating inspirational encouraging and challenging scriptures the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives if you or someone you know is battling with addiction this book is for you if you are in recovery this is a great resource to add to your toolbox if you are a group leader or addictions counselor this is an awesome book for group therapy clean and serene scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Okay, thank you again for um, staying tuned. Uh, We are at the last quarter hour, actually last 10 minutes of our quarter hour. Thank you so much, Felicia Ingram, for being part of our show. 
She is an advocate uh, for anti-sex trafficking and also the assistant operations, director of operations for prevention works task for joint task force and coalition. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm just stumbling all over that, but (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, thank you so much for um, staying put. We, you know, our last thing, I want to talk about some of the recent news because um, sometimes people don't believe it. They don't believe that this is happening, you know, right in our church. So we have some um, current news uh, and uh, we're going to talk about it. And so you can actually look it up yourselves. So um, go ahead, um, Felicia, let's talk about them. All right. Well, well actually, we actually have a breaking news item today that came on the news tonight about a young girl um, back in 1998 who was actually sexually assaulted by a pastor. He was a youth pastor at the time at a, at a um, church in Texas. And um, I think what happened is um, as a college student on staff um, over 20 years ago, he says he regrettably had a sexual incident with a female high school student at church. Um, at his current church, he received a standing ovation at the Memphis church in Memphis, Tennessee. But it all occurred when this woman, this young woman who was 17 years old, went public on a Christian blog. And she said, I did it. Well, she puts in quotes, because this happened 20 years ago. So she says, I did it because I was scared and I was in shock and I didn't understand what was happening. Her name is Woodson, you'll see it in the news. Um, she notified um, a different pastor at the church at the time uh, and he told her to keep it secret. So she said the person that had uh, sexually assaulted her had left the church. So um, she actually sent this gentleman, his name is um, Savage, um, an email last yeah. month, and he just now responded yesterday. Um, and he said he apologized. So this new minister, where, um, what's his name? where Mr. Savage, um, and his name is Andy Savage, the new minister, Chris Conley, at the Memphis Church, he's, uh, what he did is he said he prayed for Andy Savage and um, this young lady, uh, Woodson. Now, the problem is, is that they're, they're making it seem as though she's the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, he's trying to heal from the incident, but they're not really condemning him at all. They're trying to pray it off as something that's not a big deal. So her her take is because an apology does not change the fact that what happened to me was against the law and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So this, this gentleman was never prosecuted for this and it was essentially, it was rape. He was raped all these years ago. But they were trying, the church is trying to say that that's, that wasn't a big deal or, you know, um, I think what they're trying to say is they're trying to say that he's repenting for it. So let's all move along. But mm-hmm. it would have never, it would have never have come come to to light had she not uh, pursued it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that's where she's having the problem. And again, here we go with the church. The church is trying to sweep it under the rug like it's nothing. Everybody who was around her, whether or not it was the ministers at the time at the church or uh, this person here, um, they're saying that, um, you know, why can't you just let it go? Or they want to keep it as a secret. Mm-hmm. And I guess what made it worse for her, she said, on the night of the incident, um, Savage, uh, Andy Savage, got down on his knees and apologized, but told her to keep it, keep the incident a secret and take it to her grave. So this was something they actually wanted her to have to live with for the rest of her life. So the thing is, you just wonder how many more of these cases are out there. And and I just think um, the church just needs to handle it differently. You know, you you can't have these things happening and there be no punishment or this is not something that just can be prayed away. People need to be looking at this right straight in the face. Yeah. Look at why is this happening? You know, Mm -hmm. is it, you know, we know that pornography is a huge problem in the church. Let's start looking at what the causes of these things are and and start paying attention and handle the situation. 
That's right. And you have a, a woman that's was assaulted. Now she's got to live with this. Now she's got to live with also that nothing was ever done. It's almost it's almost as if it was okay that he that he did this and and there were no repercussions. And, and she's just she's very upset about this as well. She's not like you know she was in tears on this that you know she had to bring this for to the forefront, uh, and she's having to to come forward because she's feeling this is part of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. So she has to say something about it. Because how many other people? I mean, you don't even know how many other young girls might have been part of this. Sure. You know. Sure. Because you know when if there's one victim, there's more 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 than likely multiple victims um, right. from that one abuser. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe a statistic is as high as a uh, hundred. If um, a pedophile will have before they get caught they will have abused had 100 incidences of abuse not 100 children but you know it could be the same girl that he raped over and over again um and if you look at and again the victim blaming the victim um punishing is so through the roof even our judicial system does that uh to some degree Mm -hmm. where you know, they will say it's the girl's fault for seducing a um, a grown man, and so that that's mm-hmm. why you know he is not going to get charged for rape. And if um, right. there's also another article from uh, our Australia where they were looking into the cl- the um, Catholic clergy, and they had right. over four thousand victims in a span of from 1980 to 2015. 4,400 victims. Are you looking at people looking around and saying, why are there so many people killing others, um, you know, going crazy and Mm -hmm. shooting up high schools? Well, hello, we have broken people. We have people who have Mm -hmm. suffered through trauma and no one is looking at that. There is a mental health issue um, going on there too, but there are people who are broken and hurt people will hurt people. And so um, you want, do you really want to um, uh, uh, help the economy? Do you really want to have a better place to live? Uh, do you want to, you know, uh, uh, have a, a place where you're living in a place where there's uh, not so much brokenness? Well, stop child abuse and abolish sex trafficking, and you will see that number go down. Sad to say, though, because um, poverty is a huge factor in uh, sex trafficking, that Mm -hmm. as long as there are impoverished people, uh, there will always be some form of sex trafficking or human trafficking. That's the sad news about it. Um, And the Bible does say that with all, um, you know, there will always be the poor among us. And so it it gives a grim idea of what we're looking at. But I believe that if we, through education and training, that we can decrease the number substantially. One is bad enough, but, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, those that we can't help, oh, well, but but I am saying let's, let's really substantially decrease this number. Felicia, thank you so much for being on the show. And, um, yes, um, please tell the people how they can get in contact with you to either do another radio show or a blog with them or um, what have you. How can they get in contact with you? Oh, uh, F. Ingram. And you can use our group or, if you like. Okay, Prevention Works. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, mm-hmm. Prevention Works, Joint uh, Task Force and Coalition. That'd be a wonderful way for you to join our group to learn more about what we do and um, and uh, how we can help others. Amen. Thank you so much. Now, listen, everybody, it, um, we're not saying, again, that every church is bad because it's not, all right? Make sure that when you go to these churches that you are vigilant, vigilant over your children. And looking at those um, telltale signs that we have talked about, um, make surprise visits to the, your your Sunday school and 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 all of those things. 
just be vigilant. And I pray that God leads you to the right one. I thank you for being part of our um, program tonight. And I pray that um, uh, your family will be blessed by it to make a donation or to get in touch with me or my team. Please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook at Prevention Works Joint Task Force and Coalition. Everybody repeat after me. I reclaim my life, excel at living, illuminate the dark, grow in Christ, and nurture myself and others. Thank you so much, and we will see you next Tuesday. Good night, everybody. Hope hope you you guys can join us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah.